0: As the nation watched Hurricane Harvey barrel toward landfall in Texas Friday night, the White House released a statement announcing President Trump had pardoned controversial Arizona County Sheriff Joe Arpaio, bearing the news of Trump's first pardon. Arpaio was one of Trump's earliest supporters. He's become a national symbol of and criminally convicted for his tough crackdown on illegal immigrants and racial profiling of Latinos. Political leaders in Arizona, as well as national leaders, condemned the pardon. Congressman Raul Grijalva, a Democrat from Arizona, says it was Trump's wink-wink, nod-nod to his very extreme base.
1: Jora Arpaio became an icon to the alt-right, became an icon to uh, neo-Nazis and white supremacists across this country, you're excusing and pardoning their symbol. It's an encouragement, and it emboldens them more,
0: and that's not good. Arizona Republican Senator John McCain, in a statement that pardoning Arpaio undermines Trump's, quote, claim for the respect of rule of law, as Mr. Arpaio has shown no remorse for his actions. Joining us as guests are Andrew Wright, professor at Havana, at Savannah Law School, and Renato Mariotti, a partner at Thompson Coburn and a former federal prosecutor. Andrew, Trump has criticized federal judges and court rulings. He tried to stop a federal investigation, according to James Comey's testimony. Is this pardon any different, any more shocking?
2: Well, in one sense, it's more shocking than these other attacks, because in this case, Arpaio, the specific crime that he was convicted of was his willful disobedience from federal court orders to stop violating people's constitutional rights. So this was a direct attack in the sense, in one sense, the president had the power to pardon Arpaio, but the reasons for it are very troubling, because the president not only didn't expect an admission of guilt uh, from Arpaio, but he actually endorsed the conduct by saying that he did good job in his tweet. So I think the message to the judiciary is loud and clear that their uh, ruling was not uh, enforced and that the president undermined the message they were trying to send for respect for their proceedings.
3: Renato, this was done in a way that is unusual for presidential pardons in that, you know, you didn't have a lengthy Justice Department review first and it's, you know, put aside it getting announced late on a Friday night. Uh, Does the procedural difference here from most pardons uh, amplify that message in any way?
1: Well, you know, it's a great question. I think in and of itself, Go, you know, doing away with procedure doesn't bother me. I mean, you could imagine that, uh, you know, for example, there there have often been cases where civil rights uh, leaders were, you know, hit with court orders from racist judges. For example, you know, if you know somebody had been protesting the KKK and got a, 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 you know, a one-week sentence, and the president decided to rush to get that person a pardon, I would applaud that. I think a lot of Americans would. I think what's what's concerning here is is. Andy pointed out, obviously, the conduct by uh, Sheriff Arpaio uh, was essentially flaunting a court order, doing so deliberately, showing no remorse whatsoever, thumbing his nose at the law. And so when you're in a rush to get that guy a pardon, um, it suggests that you're trying to help your, your friends, your associates, um, without regard for the effect that that may have on the respect for the law and the judicial system.
0: Andy, a lot of legal experts said it was unlikely that Arpaio would be sent to prison. And there was about a six-month sentence ahead, but he had a clean record before that. So, and his age at 85. So why did Trump do this? Is it a signal to those who might be tempted to make deals with the special counsel? Mueller, as the Russia probe gets closer to Trump, that not to worry, I'll protect you?
2: Well, it was certainly a message to what President Trump considers his hardcore base to signal to them his support of one of their heroes, which is unfortunately largely populated by the alt-right uh, and white supremacists. Uh, as as it relates to Russia, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a dangerous proposition to use this as a trial balloon for Russian um, pardons, because in the Russian context, those are self-protective, and that kind of self-dealing makes the politics even worse, as bad as the politics here were. Um, it will make, you know, Trump, look like he's doing it for a self-interested way, I think. Um, And also there are some legal problems that come from Russia pardons, um, for the people involved in that they can't assert a Fifth Amendment right not to testify in front of Congress or a grand jury if they don't face legal jeopardy uh, for for the conduct that they're being questioned about. So, you know, without predicting Trump behavior, which I think is a fool's errand, I would say that there are certainly uh, some arguments that would suggest that that might even be worse than this. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, if I were lawyers for those people that might be seeking those pardons, um, I would be giving mixed advice to them about the nature of this signal.
0: Renato, as Arpaio's case was headed toward trial in the spring, Trump asked Attorney General Jeff Sessions whether it would be possible for the government to drop the criminal case against Arpaio, according to the Washington Post, and after talking with Sessions, Trump decided to let the case go to trial, and if Arpaio were convicted, he could grant clemency, according to the Post. Is there a problem with Trump approaching Jeff Sessions in that way?
1: All right, that's a very interesting way of putting the question. I think let let me take a step back for a minute and say first of all it's it's highly unusual for the president to ask the attorney general to to drop a case, or to end an investigation of uh, an associate or friend of his, I think it's inherently problematic. Um, it is um, something that, at the very least, is going to create a significant um, um, appearance of impropriety. And I believe the Post story said that Sessions or in others uh, indicated to the president that it was. Uh, you know, uh, not uh, appropriate for him to do, and that's why he dropped it. And I think it is it is especially interesting and especially important because, as we know, um, there are allegations made by former FBI director uh, James Comey that the president made a similar request of him uh, regarding the investigation of Michael Flynn. And you know, there's also been reports that that uh, Mr. Mueller is investigating um, an obstruction uh, charge based upon that conduct. Uh, And if I was investigating an obstruction charge based upon the president's uh, statements regarding ending the Flynn investigation or the Russia investigation, this would be a very important data point for me because this gives us a second instance where the president is asking uh, the the asking law enforcement to drop. A um, investigation of one of his friends, and it brings, uh, you know, it brings to mind, um, you know, the fact that that um, Mr. Mueller is going to have to would have to prove to prove obstruction the president's corrupt intent, and the best way to prove intent is through somebody's words and actions and through their pattern of behavior. So I think that this this uh, incident uh, could be actually very important for Mr. Mueller and his investigation.
3: Andy, following up on, you know, possible consequences here, um, Noah Feldman wrote a column on Bloomberg View uh, recently about if, you know, before the pardon was issued, saying if the pardon, if the president pardoned Sheriff Arpaio, that it would be uh, the kind of abuse of constitutional authority that could conceivably be grounds for impeachment. And he noted that, you know, James Madison said that abuse of the pardon power uh, could be a grounds for impeachment. Are, is it possible that the, you know, there may be those kinds of consequences for the president as, as a result of this?
2: It's a really good question. I mean, you know, impeachment power is an argument, a political argument about the law. And so the way – you know, it's not just whatever Congress decides – um, but it 's also not a legal technical definition of what high crimes and misdemeanors is, and maladministration or uh, abuse of power can rise to a sufficient level that that could certainly be grounds for uh, you know the House of Representatives to decide to move forward with impeachment hearings as a theoretical matter and you know I think certainly uh, abuse of the pardon power is one of those core abuses that was within the minds of the framers when they drafted the provision because we're supposed to be a country with a, it's a rule of law and not a rule of men and the pardon power can absolve people of their legal violations and so that's why it's such a delicate uh, power to use even though it's quite uh, important power for, to make corrections or mete out mercy in certain cases so you know as a as a practical political matter um, there's not a lot of appetite for Republicans that hold the gavels to move forward with impeachment hearings. However, I will just say that the president has been deteriorating his political environment repeatedly, and every time, the you know he attacks the Senate leader, Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, or. Paul Ryan feels forced to put out a statement condemning this or that that the president has done. He is definitely not aiding his cause politically. Um, and then, of course, the 2018 elections could change the composition of the chambers, especially in the House side. And that could we could really be talking about uh, something else because these issues are going to be remaining there. Whoever is in charge of Congress after 20. 18 election cycle. So I think that you know this is the kind of thing. This is the kind of grave abuse that could rise to the level of that kind of consideration. But you have to hit the tipping point first, where Congress is motivated to move forward with impeachment considerations.
0: Renato, many presidents have been criticized over their pardons, uh, the pardons that they've given, and is is basically though the pardon power, except for what Andy was just discussing unlimited virtually unlimited is there any is there are there any restrictions on it
1: so as a legal matter, the pardon power is b- basically unlimited or virtually unlimited. Uh, I uh, wrote a piece for The Hill a couple of weeks ago in which I argued that pardoning yourself, uh, I think, would not be uh, permissible um, under the Constitution. I think it's just a practical matter. I don't think courts would um, endorse, you know, if that pardon was ultimately challenged in court. I don't really think a court would uphold a pardon where you have a president committing crime and then pardoning himself, uh, just you can imagine the potential consequences that that could come if a president could do that um, other than that you know some sort of absurd result or result that's, that you can make an argument from the text that hey, you have to pardon another person i don't think there's any uh, limit, and I think that you know r- really the question is what can the president you know in terms of pardoning is what could the president do that 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 would cause Congress to take action because otherwise um, um, the only other argument I've heard about limiting pardons would be you know, if a pardon was itself part of a scheme to obstruct justice.
0: Thank you both so much for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Renato Mariotti, a partner at Thompson-Coburn, and Andrew Wright, professor at Savannah Law School.